0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him. And I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father. But go to my brothers and sisters and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
1: In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God, Amen. Amen. Happy Easter to all of you. Happy Easter. How wonderful it is to be able to celebrate this great feast day with all of you. To be gathered here as Christians, to be able to come together without fear, to be able to sing our Alleluia's and to join those who have been doing this for century upon century and those who are doing it yet today throughout the world. Nothing in all of human history Is more important than this day. Not just the Christian calendar, not just to Christians, but nothing in human history is more important than the resurrection of our Lord. So important, in fact, that some people call this the day of days, and others call it the first day. So I welcome you on this first day as we join together in this great celebration. We just heard. Uh, that wonderful gospel of, of John, uh, the account of that first Easter morning. And those of you who have read the four gospels know that there is some difference among those gospels. They don't all tell the story the same way. It helps, I think, if we realize that, uh, you know, when, you, when someone is at a crime scene or something has uh, happened that has startled someone and there's a group there. There's there there are no two stories that are alike, and that's certainly the case with the resurrection morning. One can imagine that as they came together to try to bring about uh, some sense of the account of what happened on that day, there must have been a great deal of discussion about what really happened. What was the sequence of events? I think in John's gospel in particular, it's it's a very interesting gospel. It has some uniquenesses that we should look at. First of all, John says that the person who comes to the tomb is Mary Magdalene, and she comes early in the morning. One can imagine that uh, the women perhaps were going to go back to the tomb to do the final preparations of the body because they had rushed to prepare the body for burial. And Mary, perhaps because of her closeness to Jesus, wanted to go there early in the morning while it was still dark to be just present there and to pray. But when she gets there, she finds that the tomb is open and she looks in and she realizes that Jesus is gone. His body is gone and she runs immediately back to the disciples, apparently finds uh, John, the beloved disciple and Peter and tells them what had happened. And then comes one of the most humorous things, I think, in all of the Gospels. John cannot help but tell us that he beat Peter running to the tomb. He got there first. Can you imagine them being that competitive? And when they get there, uh, John, perhaps a younger disciple, waited until Peter finally made it, huffing and puffing, and waited and let Peter go in first. And then he went in, and he saw that the uh, wrappings that had been around Jesus' body were apparently set aside. And then he notes uh, a detail that the wrapping that had been around Jesus' head had been rolled and set aside. And it causes me to wonder, you know, what was Jesus like? was Was it Jesus that did that? Was he that particular about detail in his life? Did he want things to be neat and tidy? And then we hear in this gospel that John says that he believed. Now, that's a strange statement because the statement that follows it is that they went back to their homes and they left Mary there weeping. If they had believed that Jesus had been raised from the dead that morning, I don't believe they would have just packed up things and gone home. And I don't believe they would have left Mary at the tomb weeping. And certainly Mary would not have been weeping if she had believed that Jesus had indeed risen from the dead. I think it's very important for us to remember that that there's nothing that indicates that the the disciples ever expected Jesus to rise from the dead. Even though uh, they were with him for three years and they heard him talk and tell about his life and ministry, and even when he said, I must go to Jerusalem, suffer, be killed, and then on the third day I shall rise. They did not even really believe that. So when he was in fact killed, They were stricken with fear, and they ended up not just going to their homes, but hiding behind locked doors for fear that they would be arrested and killed. So I believe that one of the things that we need to see on this resurrection morning is that the disciples on that resurrection day had doubts in their heart, just like you perhaps do, and sometimes I do. I think we need to accept the reality that part of being human is struggling with some of these mysteries that we really cannot fully understand. And certainly the disciples were human and struggled with those with those mysteries as well. Well, Mary is at the tomb weeping. And then a couple of strange things happen to her there. She has a visitation of angels, but they're not very helpful. They just ask her, why are you weeping? And then standing yet at the the tomb, she sees someone that she believes is the gardener. And so she says to him, where have you taken my Lord so that I may go and take him away? And then the gardener says her name, Mary. And in that moment. Mary Magdalene knows who this is when he spoke her name. Perhaps you have heard the gardener speak your name. Perhaps you have heard the Lord speak your name so quietly, so still. And in that moment, you knew, yes, it is my Lord. And then Mary. Falls to her feet perhaps to grab Jesus around his legs or others think perhaps by the Greek that is in the text that she may have tried to embrace him and in that moment he said now is not the time I must go and be with my father and you must go and tell the disciples and so the first person who has the privilege to proclaim the gospel is a woman a woman who was there. And the resurrection became real in her life on that Easter morning. I believe that this gospel is very reassuring for us. It's certainly reassuring to me. And I'm sure that there are many of you here today who, you know, Easter is one of those command performance days. You have to go on Easter Day. And sometimes, you know, we come to these kinds of services and we really can't take it all in. We really can't swallow it hook line and sinker and the truth is that the disciples couldn't either I think the reality of our lives is that we have doubt and we vacillate from moments of awareness where we are certain to moments when we really wonder is it possible but the truth is that we don't find the resurrection the resurrection finds us And the gospel is something that comes to us. The good news is brought to us always by someone else. And it is always God that finds us. We are not finding God. God is the one who is always finding us. And oftentimes God finds us when we are in our greatest need, in our brokenness. Years ago, I came across a wonderful book by Leonard Sweet, He's the former dean of United Seminary in Dayton, Ohio, a Methodist seminary, and I think now is on the faculty of Drew University, another Methodist institution. And the this, the account that he writes is really a meditation on the life of an Episcopal priest. It's George Everett Ross. He was the rector of St. Paul's uh, Church in Akron, Ohio, a church that today has about 1,200 communicants. Uh, he was a crusader for addicted people and for the homeless but he also suffered from addiction while presiding over the church where Alcoholics Anonymous was founded he was an alcoholic he was revered for his good works he was reviled by many for his life and his personal failings but this book is a brilliant study of how God worked through the brokenness of this priest to reach the lives of so many people And in fact, the the sermons in this book that accompany the meditations that Leonard Sweet offers on this life, those sermons are brilliant sermons, so well put together, so beautifully written. This was a broken life, but God could use it. It's such an important book for those of us in the clergy to read and to know that when we think we are the least vulnerable, we are the most vulnerable. And for the church to read as well, to know that our lives our lives are broken in many different ways but god can work through that brokenness god is in the business of using our brokenness sometimes more than our gifts our talents there's a wonderful uh, charlie brown cartoon that i think speaks uh, particularly well and charmingly about this brokenness that we all suffer from charlie brown holds up his hands and he says to his friend lucy These are the hands which may someday accomplish great things. These are the hands which may someday do marvelous works. They may build mighty bridges and heal the sick and hit home runs or write soul-stirring novels. These are the hands that will change the destiny of the world. And Lucy replies, they've got jelly on them. of our hands have jelly on them and God loves us even with the jelly that we have on our hands no one gets through this life unbroken we have broken relationships broken values we have a broken environment we have broken communities broken government broken sexuality broken bodies broken spirits but when we think we are the most broken That is when God reaches out to us, reaches out and gives us that touch of wholeness. It is, in fact, the resurrection coming real in our lives. When we put ourselves down, it is God that reaches down and pulls us up. When we are not even willing to accept the love of another, it is God that gives all of himself to us in love. The resurrection is God's grand declaration that all can be made new. All can be made new. There is no brokenness that cannot be repaired. There is no brokenness that cannot be used by a loving God. May God come into your life this day on this resurrection day. May you know the touch of God, especially in the broken places. And may we give thanks this morning that, yes, indeed, He is risen. Alleluia.